Demons are hard on carpet, very hard on carpet. So two days ago, um, we had our carpets deep cleaned, and and at 6:30 this morning, as we, as Kathy and I are still groggy, my youngest comes downstairs and says, "I spilled on the the stairs as I was coming downstairs." And he has a tissue paper in his hand where he has tried to clean up the mess by himself on four of those stairs. And my first response as a father, as I see my son covered in, in, the, in the mess of the stuff he was carrying down, is to go, no, right? Because he's in my carpet. My wife's first response is, oh, honey, are you okay? Such a motherly response. And her second words are, oh, honey, let's go get you cleaned up. And it, meanwhile, I'm like on my knees and on the stairs like, oh, God, didn't this happen two days ago? Anyway, so, and it's been uphill from there. I, I, I actually, my, thankfully, my parents have a, a steam cleaner. So I got to go and w- wake my mother up and wish her happy Mother's Day. It was like that book, I'll love you forever, I'll love you always, right? Like, oh, hey, mom, good morning. Can I have your steam cleaner? (laughs) And then I got to go hug my boy and just go, I'm so grateful for you. But um, I'm grateful for moms because you you are so, God has gifted children, not just with dads, but moms. And man, do they need them. Because if it was just dads raising our kids, our children would be feral. And, and today we get to celebrate the, the beauty that is the gift that you are moms. And, and by the way, today is one of these days where I have been looking forward to for quite a while because today we get to, um, we get to bless six children that God has brought to our community over this last year. All six of these children a year ago weren't a part of our community. All four of these families that are bringing these kids to dedicate them. What's up, Jeff? What's going on back there? None of that? Oh, is it too warm? Everybody stop exhaling. Jeff's too warm. Um, so we get to dedicate not only six children, but we get to dedicate four families to this role of raising their children in the Lord. And I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about it. Now, oftentimes we call these days child dedications, but the reality is, let's just be honest here. Most of these children are far too young for us really to be introducing them to the Lord in the, in the way that we mean. What we are going to be doing is commissioning the community of believers, their families, and our family as a church to the task of raising them in the Lord. I love, there's a, a quote from uh, a sociologist, George Barna. Hopefully we have it up there for you. It's also in your, your notes. I've got it here. He says this, what you do with children, yours and others, is the most important ministry thrust you will ever undertake. Why? Because the moral, spiritual, and relational foundation of people's lives are determined primarily by the age of 13. What we are doing now with the 40 to 50 children under the age of 13 that God has entrusted to us is what I would suggest the most important investment that this church community is making. Some of you have children that have grown and flown the coop. And at this point, you're like, well, I have no more investment. That is not true whatsoever. Some of you don't have children of your own. You still play an integral part in leaving 
wonderful fingerprints of shaping these children who are, are, are adults in utero who are still being formed. Some of the people that have made the greatest impact on me are people that never had children of their own, but I consider myself one of their sons because of the impact they've had on me. And I was thinking about it this week that, you know, when it comes to responsibilities in this season of my life, the single greatest responsibility that my wife and I have is not to her job, not to this church, it's to our sons. Because at the end of the day, this church can get a new pastor, but my sons can't get a new father. My, my wife's, you know, she's a marriage and family therapist. She, her clients can get a new counselor. My sons can't get a new mom. And so we have a responsibility right now. One of my very favorite passages is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there with me. Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible, so it's towards the, the front of those Bibles. By the way, if, if, you, um, if you don't have a Bible, there's some in the seat back in front of you. If you don't own a Bible, that is our gift to you. We got extra. So go ahead and take that one with you. But let's give me a little bit of context before we read this. The book of Deuteronomy, uh, for the most part, is a letter written to the Israelites. It's a, it's a memorialization of one of the last conversations that Moses has with the people of God before they enter into the promised land, the land that God promised to give them. And Moses is basically saying, hey, listen, before you enter into this land that is full of milk and honey, before you go and face the giants that, by the way, terrified your, you know, your moms and dads, God had brought them 40 years ago out of slavery, brought them through the Red Sea. They saw amazing things. They came to the, the kind of border of the promised land, and they saw that there were giants, and they went, we can't do this. Our God's not big enough. We're not capable. And God said, okay, then wander for a little bit. And now 40 years later, you are back where your moms and dads were. And I'm telling you that as you enter in and you begin to face these giants, God will show up. And once you get in there and you, you begin to live in homes that you didn't build and you begin to enjoy the fruit of vineyards you didn't plant and fields you didn't sow, do not become forgetful. Don't forget who it is that brought you in here. And these are the words that Moses says to the people of Israel. We're going to be in Deuteronomy 6. I'll begin reading in verse 4. And these words may be familiar to some of you because this is from the, the daily prayer that the Jews pray called the Shema. Hear, O Israel. In other words, listen up. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and upon your gates. Why? Because you and we are a forgetful people. And chances are when you get in there and you get comfortable and you settle down, you're going to forget who it is that granted you this place. You're going to begin to be tempted to worship other things, created things. You're going to begin to want to become more and more like the society around you as opposed to remembering who you are, my sons and my daughters. So do not forget. 
Now, a couple of things here that I want us to notice. First, it being Mother's Day, and we're about to be doing a child dedication, there's this commissioning of them to pass on their experiences, what they have learned, how they have seen. Because remember, this is a generation whose parents crossed through the Red Sea, but they didn't see it themselves. Their parents told them about it. But they are a generation who's going to pass through the Jordan River. And they're going to come into this place and they're going to watch as God begins to fight their battles for them and and empty out the land for them to take over. And he says, remind them of what you have seen because you can't expect them to hold on to a faith that you yourselves haven't passed on to them. Remind them of what you've seen. Remind them of what you've learned. In other words, disciple your children. Raise up the next generation. Share your faith with them. I was thinking about how with my boys, I, I, I could teach them uh, to keep their eye on a baseball or a football, but if I forget to teach them how to keep their eye on God, I've let them down. I might teach them how to talk to a girl, but if I fail to teach them how to talk to their creator, their sustainer, then I have failed them as a father. And how on earth... Can I expect them to, uh, you know, so much is caught. So much is, is, is things along the way. And so the second thing that I want us to recognize as we look at this Deuteronomy 6 passage, where he begins, not by saying, pass this on to your kids, but look at where he starts. It actually begins with us. Look at verse 5. Before we can ever pass something on to our kids, it must be true of us. So in verse 5, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Far too many of us go through life basically saying to our children, do what I say, not what I do, right? Hey, you shouldn't be fixated on being on a Kindle, being on an iPad, being on a video game while we're staring into our phones. Guilty. A couple of days ago, Ethan, um, we, we told Ethan, you need to do without your Xbox for a couple of days. And he goes, well, will you be willing to go without your phone for a couple of days? <laughs> I need it for work, son. <laughs> do as I say. How can I expect my son to value um, spending time in God's word if he doesn't see his mom and his dad doing that? How can I expect my son to know how to pray if I haven't modeled it for him, modeled it with him. This is discipleship, as it must begin with us. We cannot pass on what we is not true for us. If I want them to have a vibrant faith, a, a, a thriving relationship with God, then it, it must be true of us as well. It begins by saying, how am I doing? Because far more is caught than taught. And so this morning is more than just us dedicating six beautiful children to the Lord. This morning is also commissioning four families to the task of cultivating their own relationship with God and then passing it on to the next generation. And it's also a commissioning of an entire church family to do the same, to come alongside of them, because it takes a community, it takes a family, a large family, to raise children into the adults that God has made them to be. 
We're not raising kids. We are raising men and women. That's our goal. And it starts with us being men of women in faith first. Does that make sense? All right. So here's what we're going to do this morning. Got this stack of Bibles because we get to give um, these children, for some of them, their first Bible. We just wanted to give them a gift. But we are going to invite each family to come forward one at a time. And you're going to get an opportunity to meet both the family as well as their children. I'm going to also, for those of you who, who have family members that came with you who would like to join you on stage, I'm going to invite them to come up as well. Because the reality is they're not trying to raise their kids by themselves. And these families are, are a support to them. So we want to invite you to come up. Um, and then I have a couple of questions for them. We're going to do kind of a commissioning of the parents. And then we will pray over and bless their children. Make sense? guys with me? So Tim and Tarzi, I'd like to invite you to come forward first. Pastor Jeff, where are you at? Get in here, buddy. Jeff is my partner in, in, I don't want to say crime, but okay, let's go with it. Jeff's my partner in crime against the enemy. So I'd love you to be up here as well. And we're just here as representatives of our church family. Oh, I want to take a nap on your shoulder too. Hey, buddy. All right, Jeff, get up here. Tim, would you, this is Tim and Tarzi. Would you introduce us to your son and just share a little bit about, um, about him? Uh, this hey, is Evan. You. you take this and I'm taking him. Come here, buddy, boy. We'll see how this goes. Well, this is Evan. He's one. He was born April 12th, 2018. And he's my first. So. He's a pretty amazing boy. Yeah, he just wore me out outside. I was just chasing him around. I'm sweating. That's what we do. do. You want to go back to bed? All right. All right. Hey, Jeff, get over here for a moment. All right, come here. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and then we as your church family are going to pray over you and pray over Evan. But Tim and Tarzi, here are my questions. Do you commit to strengthening your own relationship with God, recognizing that your son will likely follow the spiritual example that you set for him? Yes. Awesome. And do you commit to discipling your son, both modeling and teaching him how to pray, worship, and listen, and serve God? Yes. And then do you commit to leaning on others who will both support and aid you in training up your son? Uh, we look forward to getting to be that. So if you would, extend a hand to Tim and Tarzi and Evan here. I'm just going to have Pastor Jeff pray over them. Father God, I'm so blessed to walk with Tim and Tarsi and have their kids with them today. Father, and I know that together we stand as a group before you and we hold this precious child up and simply say, Father, have your way with this child. Uh, Teach them to walk with you in all their ways. Remind them there's always a reason for working harder, for trusting deeper, and for going further. Father, I just thank you for the love of this small child and what it means to so many. And I know there'll be more that come along this family. And I'm looking forward to just having a moment to thank them as well. But for every person in this room, this is the beginning, Father. This is the initiation of a timeline in this young child's life. And we commit it to you and we look forward to and with great anticipation one day, hoping that he too will walk with the Lord one day. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Next, I'd like to invite Clayton and Carla to come on up and bring your sons with you. Huh? 
This is the Woodruff family, and I'm going to invite Clayton to share a little bit about their, introduce us to their sons. This is Troy, he's six, and Jackson, he's three. Uh, Troy's a very intelligent kid, and Jackson, he loves his little brother Jackson very much. He protects him. This is my wife, Carla, by the way. <laughs> hey, I have a question for you. How can we as a church family be, be praying for you and supporting you in the raising up of your sons right now? Um, we've just really come back to the church. I, I grew up in the church, and actually my sons actually kind of brought me back to the church. So... <clears throat> So it's been emotional for me, but um, <clears throat> I'm hoping I can be a good example for them and bring them back. But my my father was a youth pastor in the church. I grew up in churches, and this is like a family. To, it was a family to me. Um, there was some stuff that happened at churches with with me, and that's why I just pretty much cast God out of my life and then <clears throat> and and brought him back into my to my heart. So. So this has been emotional, right? I, me and my wife have been discussing it. This has been like a, a family church that we want to we want to be, bring our kids to. Well, then. Well, then, Troy and Jackson, I got to say thanks for bringing your parents to church. Appreciate that. All right, let's go ahead, and if you would extend a hand, let's pray over this family. Father God, I am so thankful. Uh, for the ways that you work even through our kids, for the ways that you show us the depth of your love when we hold our sons or our daughters. And I thank you so much for Troy. I thank you for Jackson. I thank you for the ways these brothers are going to be a support to one another and sharpen one another. I also thank you, Father, for Clayton and Carla and for their willingness to dive back in um, into their faith because they want that for their kids. And I thank you, Father, for the ways that you're meeting Clayton, even in the midst of the pain of the past. I thank you that we get to be a family to them and support them. And Holy Spirit, would you anoint this family? Would you glorify yourself through the way that their mom and dad model marriage for, that, for their sons? I pray, God, that you would be in their home in the way that they explore their own faith. I pray that you would give them the courage to just be vulnerable in their questions as well so that when their sons say, well, why? They go, you know what? Why is a great question. And it's okay to have questions because our God is big enough to handle our questions and our emotions and our disappointments. And I pray, Father, for us as a church family that we would be that support to them as they continue to grow and as their sons become the men you have created them to be. Jesus, in your name, amen. And in the midst of that, I completely forgot to ask you a couple of questions, didn't I? Yeah, it's details, right? So, so Clayton and Carla, do you commit to cultivating your own relationship with God? And do you commit to raising your sons in the Lord? And are you willing to allow others to come alongside of you and be vulnerable so that we can support you? Well, we're excited to do that with you, so thank you. And you guys can go ahead and go down. You guys don't have to stay up here. <laughs> Evan's like, come on. Well, he's eating. We're, he's good, so he's totally fine. All right, we got a couple of more here. So Carmel, Carmel, come on, Carl and Amy, uh, why don't you come on up? 
This is the Stretzels, and I want to introduce them and their son Christopher and their daughter Abigail. And their whole support here coming up. Hey, buddy. Come on up here. Thanks for being here this morning. Sure.
Sure. I like to stand in the back and push. It's really easy to turn and run um, when the adversity in life hits. But I like that support. And so when I was thinking about that, what I wanted to share with you is like grandparents, like just in particular with grandparents. You saw some grandparents come up today. I'm so grateful for that. Caitlin had siblings, you know, brothers and sisters. But I know for Caitlin, Jimmy was asked if the high school youth group, they wanted to come up with her. Right? Because it's not just grandparents or brothers and sisters. It's like this extended support that God has placed in our life. All those people have an opportunity to do something. And that's to walk with an individual, as Ecclesiastes 3 says, during that time and season of their life. Right? Because as we look back on our lives, we all know there's been people that have walked with us during good times, during bad times, during times where our parents weren't there. You know, and there was a giant gap between us and the Lord, and we need somebody to bridge that gap. For me, it was football coaches, Scott and Bill McKinney. I'm so grateful that I went to a Christian high school and had those guys. But my dad taught me how to work. My dad taught me the value of, of, of laboring every day and providing for a family. And, of course, my dad taught me how to fish, and I'm grateful for that. But it was my mom that taught me about faith. It was my mom that, as I recall looking back, uh, waking up in an ambulance, who was praying for me, you know, to be a pastor, commissioning me in my most adverse accident was my mom. But it was her dad, her grandfather, who taught me that you could walk away from the Lord for 40 or 50 years. But the day you turn and walk from the Lord, that you can let all that behind. And he lived every day as if it was his last. And he always, you know, choose this day who you will serve. And my grandfather taught me so much about perseverance but my grandmother, she wasn't someone who was interested in faith. Her only you know, interest in life was to serve my grandfather. And she served my grandfather faithfully every day until those final moments of her life when she realized she wasn't going to be with her grandfather. She was not going to be with this man she loved. And I'm so grateful that God allowed a conversion for her in her last minute because it was about love. It was about relationships. It was about support. And so there was that contingency of her daughter and her family that was there for her to walk her to the Lord in her last moments. But what about you? I've lost some very dear friends. I'm so grateful for their influences in my life. I bear the fingerprints of their DNA. That's a, a phrase Pastor Eric coined a couple of years ago with me, and it's so true. I know you do too. When you look back on the life that you're living right now, there's other people have, have stopped and walked alongside you when you were alone and going through a difficult time. And so although we call it a parent dedication, we also call it a family dedication as well because there's a, it's not just the single event of the day, right? The, the day just kind of initiates something. It initiates that we're making this lifelong commitment to walk with the Lord in good, in bad, in adversity. Sometimes we're going to walk together with other people, and sometimes we have to walk alone. And that's a really difficult thing. But another thing I'm so grateful for is a challenge from that missional pathway. I was so blessed this weekend to see how many of you went to the missional pathway. That missional pathway thing, what was that, two... Six months ago when we went, and I had to make that phone call. There's a section in there where you have to make a phone call to do something radical that's completely outside of your scope. And we were going crazy here in the church, busy, busy, busy. And it's like, do something radical. And I'm like, I've always wanted to volunteer. I've always wanted to serve the community. And I made a phone call to get involved with teaching um, at conferences and try to get into the chaplaincy of the police department. And it put that whole thing in motion. And I'm a chaplain today because of that commitment. And they taught me this word, force multiplier. I got the shakes today. Force multiplier. So here's what a force multiplier is. The police department, the job that they do, from the moment they wake up to the time they go to bed, every single moment of their life, they're at risk. 
And the chief has told us this, that in order for the police department to do what they need to do every day, they need other people around them. Right? It's the support staff that allows that police person to perform this most incredible task. And me as a chaplain, that's what I get to be for them. I get to be this force multiplier that allows them to go perform this amazing, difficult task. And when the task becomes overwhelming for them, they have resources that come upon them and are available to them to talk, to discuss, to pray, to cry, to do whatever, hopefully to fish. That's my goal. That's the new way the chaplaincy should work, right? And what, and that's the same thing we're saying. These parents that have this amazing commission to train up, Proverbs 22, 6, to train up a child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So when they are old, you know, they're not going to forget their ways. That's a, that's an incredible commission. And yet some of that even today have taken that commission by themselves. Some of that have taken that commission and then not been able to fulfill that. And believe it or not, even in this church, I think we have at least two couples that are grandparents that are now in the primary role. Right? It's a difficult enough task when you're young. Thank goodness, Caitlin. It's a difficult enough task rearing children when you're young. But when you reach grandparent stage, and yet they have willingly stepped into something that they know is difficult. Why? Because it's worth it. It's worth it. The legacy that we pass on to our children is our heritage. Proverbs seventeen six says that children, grandchildren, are a crown to the age. A crown to the age. That's powerful stuff. You know, we know there's plenty of Bible verses that talk about children being a gift or children being a reward or children being a joy or a blessing to the parents, right? But Proverbs also says that parents are the pride of the child, Because as that child grows and as that child walks with the Lord and then has the opportunity to see all the different things that that parent has done for them. The reason why we want to play that video again is some of the moms missed that. And when they heard from other moms that they missed it, who did they go to tell that they were happy? Pastor Jeff, right? Because they want to see their kid up there because that's their joy. And having their child take one moment publicly to affirm the work that has been done for them is not just a blessing. And by the way, John Nelson, thank you so much for doing that and using your gifts and talents to bless our church wherever you are. Big ball, John. It's so hard to come up with something every year for like the moms, for us. as You know, we're, Eric and I love our, we're not very creative, but we love our moms and, and we, we love our personal moms and we love the moms of the church and we want to do something special to let you know how grateful we are. So thank you for the resources of that. And since parents are the pride, one of the other things I just want to remind all the other support people that are around you is that today was not just a single event to acknowledge them. Today was an event as well to acknowledge you, to acknowledge the role that you play. If you stop right now and you think about it, there was definitely a time where your church probably played a role. Uh, You know, as you hear in the testimony from um, Carla and Clayton, you know, the church was a major part. Whether that was a good part or a bad part, the church was a major part. And the opportunity to come back to that family and, and have that family be a support is an absolute answer to prayer. Some of us, we grew up in the church. Some of us grew up in the church and we were there all the time. My school, my everything, my life. And there was a time where I rebelled against the church. But the one place I always knew I had to go back to was the church. And what's so crazy for someone who was born in this town and whose parents attended this church in the 80s and the 90s, for me, coming to this church not only was an answer to prayer, but it really is like just an affirmation of God's faithfulness. Right? We need this contingency. We need our brothers. We need our sisters. We need all that. 
Why? Because Romans 12, 5 says, Though we are many in the body of Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We all are working to have that DNA, to have that moment with someone, to walk with them in that season of life when they need us. I might walk with you during a season of counseling. I might walk with you during a season of adversity. I'm walking with a lot of our young adults right now through that particular period of life. And it may not be forever. They come and they go. The jobs mandate that they move and they stay. So I have to embrace that moment that I have with them. But if we choose this day who we will serve, if we put others before ourselves, then the highest calling in that has to be our own kids, has to be our children. Eric said that his morning was pretty entertaining. I don't think I've run around and been so sweaty before on such a Sunday morning as this morning. There's a million things going on. But I think it's just because the devil would love to just throw that off, right? He would love to just take away from what it is. It's a moment where we stop and say thank you to everyone and anything that's involved. And nothing more than thank you just for the life of a child. What a blessing that child is to all of us. But church, this is bigger than that. And I want to ask you a question. There was a moment in that dedication where we stopped and we asked the parents, do you make a commitment today? We can't ask the child that yet, but we asked the parents that, do you make a commitment today to honor what God's word says, to train up that child, to, to talk with them when they wake up, to talk with them when they go to bed, to write it over their doorposts, when they go through life, as they go through life, in good times and in bad times, whether or not they embrace it or they don't, do you make a lifelong commitment to that child to walk with them so that they might have the same thing you have, the gift of salvation? Do you make that commitment? And what do the parents say? We do. I want to ask you something, church. Do you, Lighthouse, body of believers, do you make a commitment as these families walk with us? They've only been here less than a year. Some of you have been here since the church. But as they are here, whether it's one year, one week, one month, or 25 years, whether they're the the new legacy couples, while they are here and in our midst, do you promise to hold them up in regular prayer? Say we do. Do you promise that not only as you walk with them to hold them up in prayer, but do you promise to look for opportunities to serve them? As you needed help once when you were parents, and you needed people to step in the gap and be that generation to generation that filled in the void, do you promise to step in the gap and look for opportunities to serve them? If so, say we do. This is why the body of Christ cannot be broken. This is why the gate of hell will never prevail against us. We are on the winning team. And no matter what the world has to throw at us, no matter what adversity breaks the news, no matter what people think about the right to life or the right to take that life, we stand united in one thing, that though we are many, we are one in Christ. Amen? And to that avail, I ask you this, one final thought. Who has shaped you today? Would you take a moment as we kind of run this whole thing to an end and have an opportunity to have the band come back up here and have a closing moment in prayer? Would you make a consideration today in prayer? Who is it that has shaped you today? Who is that person that walked with your life? I pray it's your mother. I pray that it's your father. I hope it is your grandparents. Maybe you're lucky enough to have a sibling or someone who walked into your life and filled that void. But who is it today that has put that indelible mark of their DNA on your life? If it's more than one, then praise God. Would you take a moment today as we close to thank God for the people that have walked with you as you've walked in life? How has their example influenced you? 
What is it today as you're thinking about that too? Think about what it is that that person actually did. What was the characteristic that you saw, the attribute in someone that was so attractive to you that made you come back to church? That made you change your perspective on what you believe and why you believe it? And is that attribute or that influence available to you today? Then if it is, then I pray this morning that you would think about that and ask God to help you understand how he too could have shown you that because it's something that's needed. And finally, who has God placed in your life? As of this morning, when you ask him, who has God placed in your life clearly that you need to invest into? Every one of us has a cup and it needs to be overflowing. And if, if we're just an inward stream like the Dead Sea, if we're just an inward flowing and nothing ever outflows from the, the sea's dead for a reason. We have to flow out into other people. We have to be people who live for other people. If you don't realize the value of being there for others, then if nothing more on this Mother's Day, on this child dedication day, would you reconsider the fact that your life, your life has more than enough to pour out into someone else. Maybe it's not a lot. But just that initial act of just tilting your cup to someone else and saying, you know what? You look dry. Try this. Maybe they come back to church. Maybe they go home. For some of us, that's all we need to do. Right? Prodigal son. Feeding pigs, covered in dirt. Just go home. Always. You can always go home. God is so good. I hope that he's been good to you in a way this morning that's overwhelming. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you for Mother's Day. We thank you for... Those that have been so clearly defined as special in our life. We may not ever really know how long it is we have to walk with the child. Sometimes it seems when we're walking with them, we're, we're running and we need to just slow down and embrace the moment. For some of us, that child and those moments have already ended and, and they've already been taken. And Father, I pray specifically for any of those that are suffering this morning and that this morning just holds a different kind of pain whatever that means to them whatever that means between them and you father i pray for grace and mercy in that you are loving we get to call you daddy i'm so grateful for the concept of family and support but father there's no way we could do this without as eric said first having it in us we can only give from what we know i pray that strengthens our resolve about what we believe about what it really costs us in life to be a good person. I mean, there's so much more to being good. What is good? Who is good? Who among you is good? It's not about being good. It's about being broken. It's about being tarnished. It's about seeing this life as what it is and just realizing that you see through all that. You, you see through the mire. You see through the muck and you call us precious. I pray this morning that your precious people would respond they would make consideration for all those who have poured into their lives so they can be the person they are today. We ask it in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.